0: What's up, D.C., hoop heads, fans of the Washington Wizards, the DMV community, where, wherever you may be listening, from Israel all the way to Japan, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Wizards. You are here with SB Nation's Bull Trevor Ryder, Ben Mahetch, and myself, Anthony Cedidino. We are your hosts, and you are now Locked On Wizards. Make sure to go subscribe to the Locked Wizards podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you may listen. Also, go throw us a follow on Twitter at Locked Wizards, Wizards. The regular season slash playoffs of the 2020 2021 NBA season have come to a close for the Washington Wizards. The Wizards were just lost to the Philadelphia 76ers in five games. Ben, I hope you're doing well, my friend. I know you've been a fan for pretty much a lifetime. You've been covering the team for well over a decade. The entire District of Columbia probably is feeling the same way you are right now, my friend. I want to just hand this off to you. Um, let's get right into it. I, I want to, you know, know your 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 main takeaways of the game, with the whole series of the entire season. Just give us, just pour out your heart and soul for the people, of the DMV, er, everyone who's listening. Ben, I hope you're doing well, my friend. How are you? Um, and what are we thinking about this latest series loss?
1: Anthony, we're back. Well, first and foremost, we've come a long way. Um, it, it feels like just yesterday we started the podcast, and here we are. Uh, we've lost count of the, of the episodes that we've done. Uh, the Washington Wizards season is over. feels like just yesterday that I predicted Anthony Gill would be in the running for six men of the year. <laughs> he, he was not. Um, it feels like just yesterday we predicted that the Washington Wizards would be a fifth or sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. They were not. Uh, feels like just yesterday, I thought Scott Brooks was going to get an extension. That somehow is still in the air, even though the Wizards ended their season on what I think was an extraordinarily disappointing fashion. This is a team that won game four, looked competitive, and that's mostly because Joel Embiid, unfortunately, got hurt and didn't play most of that game. Game five rolls around. Joel Embiid is out again, which means the Wizards were supposed to be more competitive. They were not they got blown out by by a Philly team that's obviously very deep, very good, but a Philly team nonetheless that was lacking their MVP in Joel Embiid. Um, The lack of adjustments in the series was was palpable was 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 just difficult to comprehend. Scott Brooks was playing three guards the entire series against one of the biggest teams in the NBA. I thought the team would have learned their lesson against Jason Tatum when he scored 50 points in a playing game. They did not. Tobias Harris did whatever he wanted to do. Ben Simmons, et cetera. The team basically did not play defense all series long. It's a playoff series. It's not a single game. It's a, it's a series of adjustments. Um, coaching really matters at this level. And the Wizards, I can't point to a single adjustment that this team made besides starting Daniel Gafford which even casual fans were clamoring for. Alex Len went from starting to not playing the last few games. The same sort of rotational issues that we were talking about all season long, they reared their ugly head in the playoffs. Things that should have been solved 12, 15, 20 games into the season were things that Scott Brooks was still struggling with in the playoffs. The lack of coaching, adjustments, all of that was was. was Difficult to watch. And then obviously the talent differentiation between the Sixers and the Wizards was apparent. This team lacks depth, uh, serious depth at the wing. Um, The reliance on, on some of their big men, particularly Robin Lopez, I think is unsustainable. Don't want to sound too negative. Obviously this team was, was 15 games below 500 at one point in the season. They clawed their way back to make the playoffs. They deserve credit for that. The coaching staff deserves credit for keeping the locker room together. But at the end of the day, they made the playoffs and then the series was not competitive at all. Besides that game four, after Embiid went out, series was not competitive. Um, there's really not much to take away from it. Besides the fact that Rui Hachimura had a good game four, um, I think he showed some growth. Bradley Beal gets more playoff experience. Some of the young players, Daniel Gafford gets playoff experience. That's good. But all in all, this team is a straight up not competitive. And I think, there's going to maybe be some consequences from that, Anthony, but I want to get your feedback on this because I think you're maybe a little bit more rational and maybe a little bit more optimistic when it comes to this team. Maybe, maybe having covered them for as long as I have, the pessimism has just grown on me. But Anthony, I want to ask you, what is your just general takeaway in the fact that the Wizards lost? To, they lost in five games to a team that was better than them, period. Their number one seed, the Wizards were eighth. I guess what is your takeaway from the fact that they just got dominated from five games?
0: Right. And Ben, we didn't expect much with this series coming into it. And I, I really did think it was going to be a a four game sweep. So again, kudos to the wizards for, you know, making it, you know, um, extending the series tonight, they had an opportunity to to really extend it again, like you said, with their star player, uh, Joel Embiid being out. And that could have created for some, for, for, for a type of, you know, if it was a normal playoff setting, it would have created for, you know, you know, a, a good storyline if the Wizards were able to get that win tonight make some noise go back to Washington and you know try and do the you know the whole like th- you know 3-1 comeback which is I mean it, it only happens once every you know 800 years I mean until LeBron James comes in 2016 but again it's it, it's not feasible against a team like the Philadelphia 76ers they're like you said, they're they're much more superior. They have much they have much greater length. They have just their depth is is by far uh you know just they're they're far better. I mean their bench when they have you know a Hall of Famer coming off the bench and you know Dwight Howard, you know you got you got guys that are are great defenders in um you know in Maxi and you know Matisse Thiebel and you got shooters like you know Corkman. not even you know and 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 you know Shake Milton and. And then, I mean, and then we're, we're getting into, you know, some of these guys that are just stepping up when their stars are out. I mean, you know, Joel Embiid, he went down and, and guys stepped up. I mean, obviously Ben Simmons had a great game, but you know, Tobias Harris, he didn't shy away from the moment. 28 points, nine rebounds, six to six, three steals, one block, nine for 17 from the floor. Seth Curry, 30 points, three for six from, from behind the arc, 10 for 17 from the floor. And Ben Simmons played absolutely outstanding on both ends of the floor. One of the best defenders in the league. Nineteen points, ten rebounds, eleven assists. It's uh, you know, it, you know, two blocks. He's he played absolutely sensational. the The entire team together they played really, really well down the stretch. It was a it was a great game up until the third quarter. Ben, I think you can attest to that. I mean, watching the first half, it was it was real close. I mean, the Wizards were in control most of the first half, and then uh, kind of the end of the second. Uh, quarter kind of got got away from them started the third quarter it continued slipped slipped more and more i think the sixers almost scored 40 points in the third quarter and then from there on um it just it just uh it was not salvageable so again it you know you know hats off to doc rivers and his guys they are the number one seed in the east they're moving on to you know um the Atlanta Hawks now they just, well, who, who just beat the New York Knicks, um, which, you know, shout out to my Knicks heartbroken as well, <laughs> but really Ben, here guys on, you know, on the DC side just did not step up. Yes. You talked about Rui having a great game. He did. But again, when we get past Rui, obviously Russ and Brad, who, who else are we looking at here? I don't, Rob, I mean, I mean, I- Top to bottom, I mean, it's been
1: kind of that all year long, right? I mean, you occasionally you right. have a good Howell Neto game. Occasionally, like, uh, I mean, Robin Lopez will come in and they'll hit six. six it's inconsistent, shots or right? It's sprinkled. They get sprinkled in randomly. But again, they need, they need help. But let's be honest here, Anthony. I'm going to be blunt, blunt here. I mean, the Wizards don't have anybody who's even close to Seth Curry on their team. They don't. They don't have a Matisse Tybell, They don't have an even even a Dwight Howard or Mike Scott. These players who who are. Very consistent. Who you, who you know what you're going to get out of. Uh, what you're going to get out of them. Wizards don't have these players on the roster. I mean, Isak, Bonga, Chandler, Hutchinson, Alex Len, Anthony Gill, even Ish Smith to an extent. Robin Lopez. These are players who they show up sometimes, but it's not their role to be playing the roles that they sometimes are asked to play. And and sometimes that's why the Wizards struggle. I I think the the lack of depth on this roster it shows. I mean, they're in eighth seed for a reason. I understand they have two all-NBA caliber players in and Beal. But to beat a team like the Sixers, you need depth. And, and the Wizards never had that. They never had that. I think, obviously, look, I've been criticizing Scott Brooks here. There's no question. I think I've been criticizing him all year long. His rotations have been questionable. We'll talk about his three-guard thing later and in, in his future in D.C., partially for that reason. But... Man, like, what do you do if you're Scott? Like, I get playing Anthony Gill might make more sense against Tobias Harris, but what you make up in height, you, lost, you lose in talent, right? I mean, sure, Anthony Gill's 6'8", it might make more sense, but Hal Neto's a better player than Anthony Gill. So you're, that, so I understand his rationale there, but it's difficult. I think, Scott, there's not a coach in the NBA who you could put Greg Popovich on the bench, and I think he still would have lost uh, to Philly. I think they're that good, in the stick, and the Wizards, unfortunately, just... Never had the depth, never had the talent, I think, to compete against Philly. That's just what it is.
0: I hear you, Ben. And we're going to get into a lot more about, you know, Scott Brooks, his future, and really what, you know, everything that he said in the presser after the game. And, and I just want to get your take on, on a little bit more, you know, really here with this, um, with this uh, game five loss. Now, now, Daniel Gafford, we, we see got 29 minutes. He started. He's been in the starting rotation for the past couple of games. And Ish Smith, he got twenty-six minutes off the bench. Almost the same as Gafford. Gafford ended up with five fouls. Um, you know, probably would have played more, but again, he's in foul trouble a lot. Uh, you know, Ish Smith, 26 minutes. Howell Neto, 30 minutes. These the it's it's so it's it's so the norm now that obviously it's not surprising for us. But again, against a team like the Philadelphia 76ers, when, when they're able to get inside a seven game series and, you know, suffocate, you know, a team like the the Washington Wizards, where they know exactly what's coming at them, pretty much every possession. It's so hard to to, to watch over and over again, a uh, Smith or a how defend to defend or try to defend a, a Tob- Tobias Harris or even back back before this play play in or the the first playoff series back to the playing game against Jason Tatum, Ben, we've seen this all season. We've seen it all playoffs long. If you want to count the playing games, what, I mean, there's no excuses for it now. It's just, that's, that's what was, that's what Scott chose to do. It's what he, what he chose to play. And, um, Hey, listen, the team paid for it flat out. And that's, um, that's from what we watched, from what we, from everything that, you know, everyone saw from, from the stats that are given to us after him. And that's just what it is. It's the heart. It's the harsh truth, but he, he definitely played a lot of guys that were um, incapable of a lot of assignments. They took on like tonight. I mean, Tobias Harris is a very, he's one of the most talented scorers in the league. A six foot, you know, Ish Smith and and Howell Netto is that's just it's it's not feasible, especially with the way that these guys are able to shoot the ball now. So again, Ben, I mean, I've had you know watching it, it was frustrating seeing it against you know guys like Jason Tatum. It was it's 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 been like that all year. You can go down the list. I mean, when they played the Heat against Jimmy Butler, when they play, you know, when Karis LeVert was when he was healthy, when they were playing against you know Indiana, it's just they they had. It was mism- mismatches all year long, and um, it showed in the playoffs. So, yeah, I don't know really uh, much more to say about all of that. It seems very repetitive at this point. And, you know, we don't want to seem too too down about this,
1: right? Because there's a lot to look forward to, Ben. Let's get a little optimistic, huh? Yeah, look, Anthony, I, I think you're right. I mean, look, we're coming you're coming off a game five loss. It's hard not to look at the the reasons why the team lost. I will say that, you know, you mentioned the guard guarding Keris Levert or Jimmy Butler. That stuff's almost easy to overlook during the regular season because you play a different team the next Exactly. So that's a one game old, right one it's, game instance is much, much easier to let go than being
0: swallowed up within a seven-game series.
1: Yeah, like, and, and I think it becomes a lot more apparent. Like it's easy, it's it's like jarring to see in the playoffs because playoffs are a lot more physical, and also the Sixers are just super physical and tall. So when you see a guy like Ish Smith guarding Tobias Harris like over and over again, it becomes more apparent that like this isn't gonna work, and oh crap, this has been going on all year long and it hasn't worked. Why are they still doing this? And I think that sort of gets confusing. I think that's where some of the frustration lays. But I think you're right, Anthony. To, but I think you're right. To be, to be a little bit, I guess, more optimistic and, and seeing the good that comes out of this, Rui really took some legitimate steps here. I think game four was one of the best games he's had in his career. To do that, to do what he did in the playoffs was, was awesome. I think Russell Westbrook is rubbing off on him in a good way. He's playing with energy. He's, he looked good defensively. The Wizards need that bad. I think he could be a good building block for the future. Daniel Gafford, too. I mean, Scott Brooks called him a top five pick. He's not. We'll get into that a little later. But he is a legit, like, legitimate rotation player in the NBA. And the Wizards got him for basically nothing. I mean, they weren't playing Troy Brown. And Daniel Gafford is a player that can add some things that they needed. Some shot blocking, some rim running. An athletic big man who's on a on a salary-controlled contract. And I, and I think... You know, he's someone to look forward to. If he develops properly and he's a hard worker, maybe the Wizards got another building block. So not all is lost here. And Bradley Beal, Russ, both obviously all NBA players. So it's not doom and gloom in D.C. It could be a lot worse, but obviously just the way it flamed out after such a great run to the season's end, I think is just a difficult pill to swallow. But Anthony, let's talk more about Scott Brooks. Let's talk more about his future in D.C. Because he talked a lot about it in his last, or could be his last postgame press conference um on wednesday but before we do that we want to let you know about rockauto.com it's reliable it's low priced why would you ever want to spend twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com save some money get the same wonderful parts go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and don't forget to write locked on how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you it's all the parts you'll ever need on rockauto.com Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Enjoy it responsibly. Anthony, so Scott Brooks took a lot of questions after the game regarding his future. We knew this was going to come. We've been talking about Scott's future all season long. His answers, I thought, were kind of interesting. Um, He he was talking about working out with Daniel Gafford in the summer. He was talking as if he he knows he's going to come back. Sort of. He said that he loves it in D.C. He doesn't want to go, obviously, and 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 he he wants to stick around. Russell Westbrook gave him the endorsement. He said that's not my decision, but me personally, I don't see why Scotty should go anywhere. Uh, Brad Beal gave him a sort of endorsement too. He said I've been with Scott what five years now. Every year has been different, and he coaches his tail off. He goes out there, and he's all about his team. He supports us, defends us, and wants us to do well. He's a true players coach. I've been appreciative of him. Sounds like he's got Brad and Russ's endorsement. Anthony, let's talk about it, man. The elephant in the room. Scotty's future in D.C. His contract is up. He's technically no longer the Wizards head coach. What are we thinking here? Is he back or what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, hey, I mean, it's a definite possibility, right? Like you said earlier in the segment, but Ben, it, you know, when we were in the, uh, the, the, the press conference, he definitely was talking like, you know, he was planning on, um, you know, returning, he was talking about, you know, plans for the off season, talking about plans for next season, talking about what they have, what the Washington wizards have coming back next season, mainly talking about Russell and Bradley. And, you know, he was talking about, like you said, how much he loves the city of, of Washington, D.C., how much his family loves it, how much, you know, that they have, you know, grown here, how much he loves the organization. He, he, uh, you know, went on a soliloquy on how much he loved, um, you know, what Ted Leons has done throughout his, uh, you know, his tenure here. And mainly what uh, Ted has done throughout the pandemic for, for every employee, for the entire organization, Scott, I mean, couldn't have been nicer, right? Scott, I mean, he's just, he's super wholesome. He's just, you know, he he always, he has the best things to say about everyone. And any negative co- uh, question that came his way about, you know, hey, th- th- there might, you know, there's a lot of people that out there that, that might think that, you know, you, you don't deserve another chance. And he always brought up that he doesn't spend much time, you know, You know, worrying about all of that outside all he spends his time on is worrying about doing a good job at work whatever he is doing for work which is being a basketball coach talked about how his mom um really really uh you know taught him all of those uh you know life values and and morals and and that's exactly what he prides himself to be so every question he got about um Potentially leaving, potentially not getting signed back, or being offered another contract, he he definitely, um, you know, he avoided, and he he just you know tried to sprinkle positivity in, you know, he he congratulated Doc Rivers and his uh and his team on a on a great series fought. He he talked, he couldn't talk more you know more about his players that he's had this season. Um and ab- and absolutely he uh, he could not talk um say say enough great things about Russell Russell Westbrook Bradley Beal Tommy Shepard and, and and the owner Ted Leons so so Ben after you know hearing all that after seeing all that you know the the question still is 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 asked what's going to happen what is you know and and right now Wizards fans are are probably wondering what mostly, mainly, is about the, the head coaching vacancy right now, which they don't have a head coach because Scott's, you know, he'd have to be re-signed. He, you know, his, his contract ran up. So right now, Ben, everyone's looking at one man, and that's Ted. Our guy, Ted Leonsis, the owner. So he is the man who needs to make this decision, him and Tommy whatever they, whatever they choose, whatever he, you know, even for, even for Tommy. So, I mean, so, so Ted has got to, he's got to make his decision about, you know, the future of this team for next year. And, and right now that is in in his hands. He's had about, you know, an hour to think about it since uh, the game has ended. Uh, We we are, well, we're recording right now, but uh, you know, after the game, but yes. So Ben, that I, you know, you know, I want to get your take really I think everyone out there listening, all of our listeners, all of your followers um, that have been following you for, you know, for years and years, they want to know your take on this. And, you know, I can sit here and talk about Scott Brooks all day and like, what you know, the good and the bad and whatever. Do the, do, should the Washington wizards bring back Scott Brooks with what they have going into next season, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook right now, everyone else i mean obviously you'll sprinkle in the rookies or the and, the and the uh and the the younger guys like Denny and Rui will still be there but ben right now you're looking at two main pieces you're looking at at one you know you know head coach and vacancy spot
1: what do you think what do you
0: think the washington wizards will do
1: anthony here's the thing with scott brooks and i think his contract situation um, everybody knew it's his last season. He's not oblivious to it. The, the front office isn't oblivious to it. Nobody, Everybody knows. Here's a little wrinkle here from Chase Hughes. Wrote this in his recent article on NBCSports.com. Chase Hughes writes that, The Wizards now have to decide whether they want to part ways with Brooks or retain him, the latter option being a short-term deal. It's worth noting Brooks's agent was at several of the Wizards' postseason home games. Conversations have been ongoing. Chase Hughes writes. So to me, that says that his agent, Scott Brooks, have already been in communications with the team about him coming back. There's no question Russell Westbrook wants him to come back. They're personal friends. He's coached them for, what, eight years, nine years of his career. The majority of his career, they're good friends off the court. It would not shock me if they bring him back and keep his contract and align it with Russell Westbrook. That wouldn't shock me. But we got to st- take a step back and look at what Scott Brooks has done throughout five years, not just the season, because we've had five years of Scott Brooks. He's one of the highest tenured coaches in the NBA. I understand there's relationships at stake and, and all that stuff that, that, that factors into it. Scott Brooks had a worse winning percentage to Randy Whitman. He went 10 and 14 in the playoffs. His win percentage was less than 47 percent in five seasons. Randy Whitman. Had a higher win percentage with 47, 47.2% and went 12-9 and nine in the playoffs. If you were to tell people that Scott Brooks had a chance at returning and his tenure in D.C. was worse than Randy Whitman's, I think people's heads would spin. But here we are due to personal relationships. I'm not going to discount Scott Brooks, I think, does a great job of managing a locker room, managing egos. He's obviously seems like an incredible man. People love him. Everybody speaks highly of him. I understand why. From a basketball perspective, this team looked horrendous in the playoffs. He played three guards against players who were 6'10 and taller. They, they were outmatched. The, basically, the entirety of the year due to his rotations were confusing all year long. The young players didn't necessarily improve under him. Troy Brown was ousted. He refused to play him. Rui Hachimura took some strides, but Denny Abdier struggled all year long. His record in the team's development has been questionable at best. If you look at what he's done in, in Washington in five years, it's hard for me to... Put up a good argument as to why he should return, besides mentioning the fact that he's good friends with Russell Westbrook. To me, as someone who assesses basketball, if I had Tommy Shepard's job, I would need more. If I sat across from Scott Brooks and asked him, Scotty, has this team gotten better in five years? No, this team has gotten progressively worse. His first year, they made the second round. His second year, they made the first round and got bounced. Third and fourth years, they didn't even make the playoffs. This year, they make the playoffs and get absolutely destroyed in the first round. So this team hasn't made strides in five years. They haven't. To me, it's clear that X's and O's-wise, they struggled this year. They struggled in the playoffs. It's hard for me to make a case for him to return. Will he return? That's a different question. That's a different question. I think there's a legitimate shot that he will. And I think it's for those reasons. I think he's good friends with Russ. They know what to expect from Scott. Maybe they don't want to rustle, shake the shake the tree house. Uh, you know what I mean, so to speak. Maybe they don't want to go with the unknown. You know, hiring a young coach or, or maybe a coach that isn't familiar with the team, that comes with some that comes with some risk. They know what they're gonna get, get in Scott Brooks. And I think there may be some comfort there. But should he return statistically uh, over the course of his last five years? The answer is probably probably not. Will he? If I had to answer that question now, I'd probably say yeah. And I'm not sure what lockdown wizards, Facebook, how they feel about that.
0: Hey, Ben, you know, I, I totally agree with you that it's 100% a possibility for him coming back. I, told, I mean, all the points that you made are completely valid. Let's just go through the the top paid coaches in the league right now. Let's take our lockdown listeners down the road where, you know, it, it starts with the top, the top, top paid coach is Greg Popovich, San Antonio Spurs, making over $11 million a year. At number one, Steve Nash in Brooklyn is making almost $9 million a year. Doc Rivers at number three is making over $8 mil. Number four, Steve Kerr is right around there as well. Number five, Nick Nurse is right around there as well. Number six, Rick Carlisle is getting paid around $7 million a year. Then we have our guy, Scotty Brooks, also $7, $7.5 million a year. Number eight, Tyrone Liu also around the same area number nine Billy Donovan and we'll end it off with Dwayne Casey um number 10 that those are your top 10 coaches in the leagues in, in the in in the NBA that are um you know top top and money wise and, and Scott he's right amongst a lot of championship coaches I mean I don't know how many I just named there but how, how many we just named
1: Oh, <sighs> I can do nothing. I mean, Pop, you know,
0: Pop, Pop's got five, you know, I mean, you know, Steve, Steve Nash, might pick one up this year as a coach, Doc Rivers, obviously he's got his one. Steve Kerr's got his, his jewelry, Nick nurse in 2019 and my, yeah, gotta love Rick Carlisle 2011. Gotta love that Dirk team. And, um, yeah, even Tyrone Lou, um, in 2016. So yeah, that's, it's a lot of coaches on that list. And, um, you know, that's, that's just, you know, uh, you know, a certain detail I'm I'm throwing out there, but again, Ben, that's also, you know, I mean, Ted Leonsis is probably looking at at that as well as he's cutting checks. I mean, he's probably looking, he's probably able to see what everyone else is being paid throughout the league. So yeah, he's probably looking at all these things. Probably looking at at a salary cap. That's, you know, a million or less, you know, underneath the, uh, luxury tax. He's looking at everything. So right now, Everything really lies on you know his shoulders. I i I I would say so. What, what, what do you think? I I think that's what exactly. He's yeah, trying I mean, out if he if he wants to align the, the two years with Russ, or if he wants to go in a completely different you know direction.
1: Well, Ted is notorious for keeping dudes too long. Period. I mean, I mean, Ernie Grunfeld should have been gone two years into into his ownership, and he was there for ten. He, was, he overstayed his welcome. There's nobody in the NBA who would tell you otherwise, including Ted Leonsis himself. Sure, he has regrets about keep, keeping him that long. So for me, it's like the, your coaching decision this offseason is going to tell me what your goals were, period. If you bring Scott Brooks back, your goal was to just make the playoffs. It's fine. If that's your goal, then accept the fact that you're not trying to win a championship.
0: I think that was, that was 100% their goal this year, right? I mean, it was just to make a playoff run. I'm guessing. Like, I don't if, know what else. I maybe mean, maybe a one series win, but again, with how the how the season ended, that was just that was not feasible.
1: You look at Game Five in particular. Joel Embiid is out. The team got waxed. They got waxed by 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 role players. Uh, they got out coached, Everything. Nothing changed. An MVP caliber player in Joel Embiid was out, and you. St- Still got blown out to me. If that, if you're cool with that, then, then you're if, if you're bringing Scott Brooks back, you're cool with that. You're telling your fan base that look, we're not even trying to compete for a championship, we just want to play two more games at home in the playoffs, and we're cool with that. There are other franchises in the league who aren't cool with making the Eastern Conference finals, who aren't cool with winning 60 games, they're breaking franchise records. They're not cool with that because they go for championships. If you're cool with just making the playoffs, bringing Scott Brooks back, I think, tells me that. Making no roster changes tells me that. Right? Not putting pressure on your front office to win tells me that. And we'll see how he reacts. You're right. He's cutting checks. He's cutting 80, He's cutting an $80 million check to Davis Bertans, who did nothing basically all year long, to put it bluntly, who looked terrible in the playoffs before he got hurt.
0: No, you're spot on. He did nothing.
1: So, Yeah. It's easy for me to say as a regular person who's not cutting these checks, but like he's a billionaire, I get it. There's still consequences to these basketball decisions that hit the pocket, that hit the wallet. And the Wizards, one mil under the salary cap and you're giving me a five-game series, you got waxed with Joel Embiid out? It's like, come on. You're telling me this team doesn't need to make changes? That's pathetic. If they bring back the same group, same coaching staff, this is what you're content with? This team underperformed. Period. They came in hot in the playoffs and did not play well. There's no one. This team got blown out basically four straight times. There was no competitive game besides game four when Embiid went out. But besides that, this team wasn't competitive. They didn't look look on the same stratosphere as the Sixers. And they might as well have been playing two different sports. That's how not competitive it was. So the ball's in Ted's court. You're right. And you're sending a huge message to your fan base, but with the decisions you're making this summer, if you bring Scott back, you're saying we did good this this past season. And to me, if I ran a team, getting waxed four times in the playoffs that does that's not good. It's not good enough. But hey, we'll see. We'll see the direction that Ted Leonsis wants this Washington Wizards team to go in. Ben,
0: you are you make great points, my friend, and you are right. It's um, it's all up to Ted. It is, and right now. After five years, Scotty, full record, 183 and 207. That is the regular season record. Playoffs, what do we got, Ben? It's 10 and 14. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So, yeah. That's what we're working with. Ted Leonces has a huge, huge decision, uh, you know, upon him. I think, as well as, you know, Tommy Shepard. He'll probably talk with him, um, and whoever else that that is in his corner, whatever advisors he may have. Um, and we have so much more to get into to all of that the uh the end of the season and really, you know, the offseason. And I just wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track it all at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your last chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs. Or the playoffs head over to the website, use your mobile device today, sign up, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code beta promo code locked on bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Ben. So let's give our General takeaways of the season, man. It was a it, it's been a long long season, really. It's felt like kind of two half seasons mashed together just due to this whole COVID mess. But hey, we're here. It's the end of the season. Let's let's dig into our favorite parts of the season. Let's dig into what disappointed you the most? What was your what was your your least favorite part of the season? Let's just let's talk about the season, man. Most
1: notable parts of the season. Let's go, Anthony. You're right, man. I, I think just the structure of the season. I mean, first off, I've had such a blast doing this with you, man. It's it's been a great time at Lockdown Wizards. We've gained a hell of a following um, over this last seven or so months, or whatever it's been. Uh, doing this every day with you has been seriously a highlight. Uh, so I appreciate you for doing this. I know it's hard to make the time, and same thing with the listeners. You guys make the time to listen to us. I know. It's been an up and down year Um, just to kind of do the timeline. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were we were souped up on excitement. The Wizards basketball was back. Russell Westbrook was in town breaking down the John Wall trade was nuts. And then the team started struggling. And then we started talking about Cade Cunningham for like two months. And then uh, the team all of a sudden started playing really well. And that was awesome to see Russell Westbrook bounce back and play at an MVP level. Bradley Beal having those insane 40, 45-point nights. Um, the season was a freaking roller coaster, man. And, and and I think you saw it. There were episodes where we got emotional, were frustrated at the coaching. We were thrilled about Russell Westbrook breaking the all-time triple-double record. I mean, not all is lost. There were points in the season that were really fun, that were really frustrating, that were bizarre. Even the COVID stuff that was happening, I mean, I remember... We were just sitting down, the Wizards games were canceled, and we were just like, holy crap, like, what do we even talk about? And we talked about the pandemic for like three, four straight episodes, and that was a thing. And I think in future podcasts, we can say that no one else will cover the things that we covered. Players out for weeks due to COVID. Literally, the Wizards signing guys, and I hate to say it, kind of off the street. Guys who never played for the Wizards, just signing players to have enough players to play a game. Eight, nine player rotations. Insanity at one point, that was a blast. But all in all, Anthony, look, this team had a hell of a run at the end of the year. Went like seventeen and six or whatever it was to make the playoffs. Obviously, the playoffs themselves were disappointing. But Russell Westbrook was a treat to watch. Bradley Beal, as always, is incredible. Wherever he lands in D.C. or elsewhere, he was an amazing figure to watch in D.C. And hopefully, he sticks around. But look, we fell in love with Robin Lopez's hook shot. This team is fun to cover. Period. Whatever happened, happened. But this team was a blast. Um, never a dull moment in Wizards land, Anthony. And I'm glad to have shared those moments with you and, and the lockdown Wizards faithful. But Anthony, let's segue that into the a mini offseason preview, if you will. What do we got here, man? Bradley Beal says that he's going to start recruiting tonight <laughs> or tomorrow. I think he's probably joking around a bit there, but... What do we got here? Do, do, do we see a wiggle room for this team to grow? Uh, obviously, assuming that the core pieces in Brad, Russ, Thomas Bryant, Rui, Denny are back. What do you think about this team? Is it, is, does this team have potential to be better than we saw this year?
0: Listen, man, he's saying he's starting it tonight because he's walking 20 feet across the locker room to talk to his guy, Robin Lopez. Dude, you got to come back. Come on. We'll get you seven point three next year. We'll get it to you. No, I mean he he will he definitely will do his part and and you know contact various free agents, Ben, um, to name a few. And then a, a lot are far you know a lot of these guys are far fetched, but here here are some free agents. We got Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Michael Conley Jr., Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Otto Porter Jr., an old uh, Wizard great. Victor Oladipo, Goran Dragic, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dennis Schroeder, Evan Fournier, you know, Danny Green, old Andre Iguadawa. Will he sign again or will he call it quits? Kelly Oubre Jr. Maybe a little little Kelly action back, but yeah, Ben, there's 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 not. I mean, the pool is. I mean, it's, it's always big for free agency, but again, it's not the most booming pool in terms of free agency classes year to year, right? And there's not too many uh, uh I guess superstars that are in this um you know pool. We're looking at Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard that are the the top players obviously and you, you gotta expect Chris Paul. He's probably gonna go back to the Suns. He's got a great gig going there with them. They need him um uh and and he's he's done done you know truly well there Kawhi Leonard that's that's very much in the air depending on how their playoff run ends but we don't know Ben, we don't know who he's going to, you know, contact. I mean, he he'll, he'll uh, Brad will do his part. He obviously um he wants to stay. He obviously wants to be a part of uh, this culture still. And it looks like Russell Washbrook does as well. So we we have um we have this core coming back. The potential of, of uh of Scott Brooks coming back because that Honestly, I mean, as, as many people that are out there saying, you know, calling for his job, it, it does. It's hard to, to, to really, you know, say this is, you know, feasible, but, but again, this is, it, it looks like this could be a poss- a big possibility for him to be brought back for, for two or more years. I, I truly believe that as, as well as Ben uh, has said that earlier in the show. So that, These are all big possibilities. What you know? Yes, if Rui, you know, Rui, Denny, they have all their young guys coming back. I mean, Thomas Bryant, they need obviously. Hopefully, he'll come back uh, stronger, better than ever. Poor guy, uh, you know, ten games in, that was still that's you know that's stunk, but but he's moving on, he's healing, and Ben, I hope Tommy watched. I hope his whole. His old team watch, because guess what? Your turn's up. You know, as much as we could blame Scott for everything in game, now, Tommy, it is your turn. You saw what happened this season. You saw what you gave Brad and Russ. Okay. This is no slight to the team that played. This is no slight to Robin Lopez or Howell Netto or Ish Smith or Anthony Gill. This is not, this is, this is honestly, Tommy, and I'm sorry, but this is a slight to Tommy Shepard. Okay. Starting, you know, when free agency truly opens, that is when you need to start your, you know, you need to start your job and you, you need to do it much differently than what you did really a year ago, because Ben, if, if they come back into the season with, with older veteran players that on it, that, can't really you know that cannot you know hold 30 plus minutes if he comes if if he comes back signing players that are kind of you know unestablished players in the league that haven't really you know that haven't been in the league too long um that are that that are given high minutes uh, you know in a in a wizard rotation it's, it's it's not going to it it would be very, very sad to see that all play out again. I really hope that he's that he's watched, that he's done his due diligence, that he is going to enter free agency and attack. Grab some huge front court pieces, grab some great wings, grab, you know, great, great shooters and defenders. Long, long defenders. I mean, you know, some a, a couple of rib protectors that that you know, Daniel Gafford, great, sure. Don't call him a top five pick. He's a second over, He's a second round pick. You traded him for Troy Brown Jr. Okay, okay. Like you, you, you need a great team to go with great superstars if you want to make an, you, you know, an, an impactful run. And Ben, like you say, I mean, if you're okay with just scratching and clawing your way to to the playoffs like this, then sure, try and keep this lackluster roster going, Tommy. But again if you want to make some noise, if you want to have some sort of, you know, if you want to have a competitive, you know, culture here in D.C. for this fan base, you're going to go out, you're going to, you know, you're going to do your best to try and sign, you know, pieces like go grab maybe a Tim Hardaway Jr. Go grab maybe, you know, a, a, you know, a, a bigger piece in, you know, who knows who's out there i mean there's i mean i know cody zeller is not the best option there's not too many options out there ben um you know front court wise but again there's trades there's always options and again as the gm president of basketball operations that is your job you're being paid a lot of money to do so and tommy you're up man and that's um uh, and i and i know that um his job is the hardest job there is you know in in basketball being the head of a front office that's no it's no easy job whatsoever. But again, you have, you have, you know, a little bit what you're working with right here. You saw what what just happened. You saw what just played out. So, I would hope, we would all hope, Ben, you, the rest of the DMV, every every wizard fan out there would hope that the wizard would come back looking much, much different, more depth, more speed, length shooting. I mean, that's what they need. That's exactly what they did not have. Uh, maybe, an, you know, an extra protector to, to add on with, I mean, if Thomas Bryant's, you know, doing his thing alongside Daniel Gafford, add another great rim protector in there to come off the bench. Boom. There you go. Grab some, a, a couple of great wings. You don't need that many. I mean, you know, Philadelphia, The Philadelphia 76ers just added, you know, Seth Curry and uh, Danny green this year. Just add a couple. It's all you gotta do. Right? Grab, grab some, you know, lengthy, you know, defenders. I mean, that's this. This is what every team is trying to do. We're, you know, I'm trying to sit here and make it sound easy. It's not easy, but again, he has he has the information at hand. And Ben, we we hope to see a lot different come from this because. Past two years, past two years have been, have been very, very, you know, now, now it's time to see something grow. If nothing happens after next year, it's going to be really hard to bring back Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Scott Brooks, all these people that we think are going to be back. We we don't know if Scott Brooks is going to be here for the next season, but again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, so go ahead. But it's just.
1: Anthony, you hit the nail on the head. Um, This team doesn't have a lot of avenues to get better. Um, Their cap situation is kind of a mess. Um, Obviously, they made marginal moves in Robin Lopez and Hal Neto. For the most part, they worked out. But you can only expect so much from Hal Neto and Robin Lopez. Here's where it gets interesting, though. The Wizards are in win-now mode. You have Russ and Beal. Russ is 33 years old. Beal's entering his prime. His future in DC is always questioned by major media markets because the Wizards have struggled, and, and he's a superstar player. So they're in win-now mode. You have a couple of young players and draft picks. You have Denny Abdiel Chamura. You have your draft pick from this year. It would not shock me, Anthony. And I'm making this is we started the season making hot take predictions. This is my hot take prediction. It would not shock me if this team trades Davis Bertans and a young player and maybe even a pick for an established veteran player.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. No, not We at all. mentioned
1: with DeMar DeRozan earlier in the podcast, uh, earlier this season during a during podcast. DeMar DeRozan's time in, in, in San Antonio will end. It would not shock me if the Wizards reunite Davis Bertans with San Antonio and maybe add a pick, maybe even Denny Avdia for DeMar DeRozan or a player of that caliber, um, just because I think they, they recognize that they need a talent uh, boost. To me, I think it's more important that they add more talent around the edges. Like you mentioned the Danny Green, a Seth Curry, some of these moves. Look, people, Right, people. Philly didn't have those guys last year. Yeah, and it made all the difference. Philly struggled in the playoffs and now they're a contending team and, and adding really solid role players. You mentioned Otto Porter. I would not hate it if they brought him back. He's a lengthy defender. He shoots the ball well. The Wizards were among the worst three-point shooting teams and among the worst defensive teams this year. You can't compete. Still with- shoots well from outside, right? Yeah. Otto Porter's a very good shooter, and and he's probably going to be very available. His reputation in the NBA is damaged, and his his contract, he's going to probably get waived. He's going to be available. For the Wizards, you know what you're going to get out of, out of Porter. He played the majority of his career in D.C. If Scott Brooks is back, he's obviously familiar with him. I wouldn't hate that reunion as well. I think the Wizards are going to have to keep taking some chances on players like Daniel Gafford and hope they strike. But obviously, Tommy, I think he's done a fairly good job with what he's had uh, to work with. He's going to need to keep doing that, and I think you're right. Veterans in Danny Green, Seth Curry, this team didn't have any this year. and They relied on Ish Smith a lot for his veteran leadership. They need more players who are not only established in the NBA, but that can contribute. A 3 and D player. Look at what Reggie Bullock is doing in New York. Reggie Bullock isn't the household name, but you know what you're going to get out of him every single game. Adding a player like him in D.C. would make all the difference. If you think back three, four years ago, you had Martel Webster, Trevor Ariza. These players made all the difference come playoff time. The Wizards were in the second round year after year because and of then, Martel then, Webster, Trevor you
0: know, Ariza. With Davis, though, Ben, and that that's exactly what this franchise and what the fan base, what everyone thought was going to be there i mean like that was going to be their one like key wing guy but again but the after, guy does
1: nothing else but shoot
0: after, right <laughs> right
1: like defends he hustles he rebounds he oh shoots. no you're yeah
0: you're 100 right Davis
1: Bertans does absolutely nothing besides shoot and if he's not shooting well his his presence yeah. on the court practically useless and i hate to put it that way but that's just the truth
0: and he only had a handful of good games, anyways, this the season. Honestly, man, I know he had injuries and stuff to work with, but it's still, it
1: was. I mean, dude, in the playoffs, he awful. had a game where he awful. where he didn't score a point, played twenty six minutes, zero points. in had
0: four first game he started. Did he have any? Did he fall out in that game?
1: He had zero points and fouled out. So
0: it's zero points and fouled out. How twenty six minutes? You can't win with. I mean and and that's supposed to be one of your, you know, supposedly one of your main options. Obviously with how inconsistent Rui has been, it's it's up and down. You like we can we can talk about this all day long, Ben. You said this in the first segment. It's you, you never know. Like one, one night it'll be Haloneto, one night it'll be, you know, you know Smith. one night it'll be it's just it's it's sprinkled in randomly all over the place. So That's just how this season has went, that's how the playoffs went. Um and the playoffs went exactly how, how we thought, Ben. So the Philadelphia 76ers are much more superior. We all know that. But again, um, they had opportunities. They, they, they missed out. They, they, they did not um, really capitalize on the opportunities that they had. I mean, game one, we, we, we can really sit here and dissect everything. But game one, you, you go back to, they had every opportunity in the world to take that game. Game two ended up being a blowout game three as well. But, but you go back to game one, that sets the tone for an entire series. So things may have, may have played out differently. Again, I don't want to get ahead of myself saying an eight seed is going to be to one seed, but again, people that are listening, it has happened before and it has happened multiple times. So, so we don't want, I mean, you know, that's, that's going to happen at some point again soon in the NBA, we are going to see an eight, an eight seed beat a one seed. Just with the way things shake up. I know the Lakers are in, in position to lose to the to, to the Phoenix Suns right now. But Ben, that seven seed matchup was looking a little iffy at first. I mean, I know Anthony Davis is hurt now, but still things happen throughout a season where like a great team, you know, you know, loses guys, they they lose games, and they end up being in a seed they shouldn't be at, and that's what happens. This situation, not so much. Um obviously with the Wizards, um, you know, how they've played, you know, the season, mainly the, 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 uh, the first half of the season, second half, they played so hot, but again, Ben, once they got into this uh, series with, with the Sixers, it seemed pretty much over from there. I didn't want, you know, I, I, I hate putting negative negativity on it, but again, I'm guessing they all knew that. I mean, just being, just looking at who they were going up against, obviously they don't want to believe that they're going to lose, but still, that's just what it is mainly you know the 8 seed usually loses to the 1 seed and and it's usually a sweep but hey they won a game they were they they were almost able to take to take it to 6 i think that's um that's pretty uh pretty great of a finish compared to what we were thinking back in say i don't know january february you know ish
1: yeah, I mean when no, they had like a
0: 0.006 chance to make the playoffs or something like that, it was yeah, so
1: yeah, I mean they they, they deserve credit for not falling apart and they and they they made a, an amazing run. I think they went 17 and 6 or something like that. That was awesome to watch. You mentioned the playoffs, and I think I'll say it again, like it's not the fact they lost to Philly, it's how they lost. Like they they weren't competitive at all. Nobody expected them to beat Philly, but man, there were people saying the Wizards aren't your typical eighth seed. It's like, they look like they shouldn't have even been there. I mean, they looked outmatched in every aspect of the game. But, again, not all is lost. There's good to come out of it, Rui's development and so on. Lockdown Wizards fan. It's been a season. Anthony and I have broke it all down from game one. It has been so real. The game 70-something, whatever it's been, 72. It's been an amazing time to, to foster, I think, Um, growth within the podcast and to and to get your feedback has been has been awesome and we'll be back again soon and we're going to break down more scott brooks and tommy Shepard are talking to the team tomorrow morning and for sure they are so
0: we got to get on that interview but yes for for all of locked on listeners for everyone out there that you know subscribed and Listened every day and every week and, and, you know, even the episodes that Ben just talked about, even the episodes that were just mainly about the pandemic and, you know, or, you know, our Kobe Bryant specials or, you know, or, or anything, you know, up, you know, that, that was off kind of the beaten path of basketball. That was just life. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you uh, all of you for tuning into to any episode. Um, and and here and listening to us, you know, talk hoops, talk about, you know, everything under the sun, uh, Wizards basketball. And and we had such a blast doing it, Ben, my man, my co host. I had such a fun time. This was, um, an amazing experience, honestly. And I, uh, yeah, I, I loved covering the Wizards. Um, I thought it was, um, a, a great, great season. Russell Westbrook and, and Bradley Beal, they really, um, they're just sensational players to follow, man. And, and, you know, when you have, when you have seasons like this, that aren't that, they they, they don't have like the best ending there's silver linings in everything. People you're sitting there saying right now, we didn't, we didn't make it to the second round. Ah, we didn't make a conference run. Oh, we didn't make a finals run. You know, you know, we don't have the ultimate prize of, you know, of the Larry O'Brien trophy, but, but there are silver linings. This season is so, you know, it's so unforgettable in so many ways. I mean, you know, starting with, you know, what, what Bradley Beal did, you know, in, in terms of scoring for, for like how many people really did what he did in terms of this franchise, which is no one besides him. Russell Westbrook and, and, and what he did in terms of the league's records, the, the record books that haven't been touched since the 60s or 70s you know, absolutely unbelievable. And, 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 and that was just, you know, so sensational to see him have such an amazing run after the, you know, all after the all-star break, I mean, even, even seeing Rui and Denny come out of their shell, Ben, games were we would sit back and, and say, and say, you know, Hey, these aren't, you know, the most stellar like, you know, stat lines. This isn't the, these aren't the craziest highlights, but wow. This 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 and this here. These 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 kids are evolving. These kids are absolutely like doing everything that they can for their team and for their career to further, you know, you know, the betterment of their team of them. It, you know, I mean even even a Howell netto. Coming into the NBA, you know, coming into this year and like just, just, you know, just probably had no idea like what his role was going to be with another guard like Russell Westbrook and another, you know, you know, two guard like like Brad. He every time he got the opportunity, Ben, he played one thousand percent. I mean, just the speed from that guy, the hustle from that guy, it just, just, just always amazing. Same thing with Ish Smith. I mean, Robin Lopez too. I mean, that's the one vet in in, in the in the locker room this year, and um, I want to give him credit too because him and him Ish Smith, Russ, and, and Brad, you know, being you know the 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 vocal leaders in that locker room, that it can't be easy. It can't be, especially with a lot of guys that are unfamiliar with the league, unfamiliar with you know with NBA basketball or just professional basketball, and you know, in in that really in that uh you know setting, so. Ben, the entire, and and everyone else, I mean, guys like Garrison Matthews, who had to take on a, a starting role for so, so long to only get ripped of it and not even see one minute of playing time to try and keep, you know, his, his, you know, composure in the locker room. I mean, shout out to him. Shout out to Anthony Gill for sitting along for so, so long. Not really, you know, getting, you know, ever having some sort of role. I mean, shout out to him for, for, for sticking around and, you know, and, and, and being a part of, of a team that he obviously loves. Same thing with Isak Banga started pretty much, you know, almost every game last year started this season starting as well. But then, you know, God got his role ripped as well. I mean, Scott was playing around with, with the rotation, but still he came, he showed up every day, Ben covering the. This team was 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 a delight because uh, they they all loved to play with each other. They all loved, loved being with each other. They, they all loved being there. Same thing with guys that aren't even here anymore. Mo Wagner, Troy Brown Jr., those guys. You saw the energy from them on the on the sidelines. I mean, we, we all. Did. It was a beautiful thing to watch. It, it was another beautiful season of basketball. And to tell you the truth, the game that we all love. Why we're here? Why we're even talking? And why you guys are even listening? It was, I mean, no, no matter how it ended, we watched great basketball through a pandemic and we were able to have basketball. So I'm so, so happy that we were able to have it. I'm so happy that we, you know, it was able to, to be viewed on TV and in person. Now we're getting closer to that goal. So Ben, You know that's my soliloquy. That that that's that's my vent about this season. I love you guys. I love everyone who's lit. Who who is tuned into this, Ben. I love you too, brother. This has been so much fun, and um, this season has been in a whole has been amazing. Loved every second of it, and um, I just I'm so happy to be a part of it, and uh, and yeah, um, locked on. Shout out to locked on the network because um yes we we've had a great time doing it we've had uh you know a, a wonderful time you know grinding monday through friday and uh and yeah we 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 hope we have we've served lockdown listeners well so ben what do we think i know i just went on forever everyone just skipped through my part because you know no, hey, i can just this sit- guy's just blabbering right now <laughs> but hey what do you think brother what do you
1: think of this season and you know i, I want to get your take as well all I can say is amen. And I think that that's a great way to end the season, man. That's the 2020, 2021 in the books. And I think you're right. I'll add this. Um, as frustrating at times as the season has been, I'm sure Wizards fans can attest to this. This team was very likable. Um, the locker room, I think, was, was very solid. Scott Brooks, say what you will about him, an incredible dude. Um, this team was easy to follow. Um, there were teams in the past that were difficult because the players were not fun. The players were difficult to follow. Um, they were not likable, and so on and so forth. But this team was not it. Players worked hard. They had personalities. You mentioned Mo Wagner, Ish Smith, Russell Westbrook. This team was fun, man. It is what it is. There's only one team that's going to win the championship. It's not the Wizards, and it's not going to be 29 other teams either. Um, not everyone is as competitive as 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 the Sixers and and the Bucks and the. And and all the other elite teams, there's only four or five of them in the NBA. The Wizards weren't one of them this year, but that doesn't mean they had a lost season. Russell Westbrook was incredible watching him set history. He's the most accomplished Wizard of all time. It's not even close. Uh, He's a future Hall of Famer, first ballot. Bradley Beal is on his way to doing that as well. That's a pleasure to cover. And as far as we know, they'll be back again next season. Lockdown Wizards Faithful, it's been a year, it's been a season, did it through a pandemic all the ups and downs we were here every single day you were here every day and we can't thank you enough for that we'll be back again soon we'll break down more about what's going on but we got to wrap up this season anthony for anthony thank you guys for listening we'll be back again soon it's been a year talk soon peace hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music